As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's time to get sexy, so watch Secular Sexuality live Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central. Visit tiny.cc YTSS and call into the show at 512-991-9242 or connect to the show online at tiny.cc slash callsex. to another episode of Talk Heathen. Today is Sunday, November 20th, 2022. I am your host, Objectively Dan, and joining me live in studio all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma, it is none other than Forrest Valkai. Forrest, hey. welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. That was way too cool of an intro to have my stupid face up there like that. That's not true. Your stupid face belongs in that intro. That means okay? the it's, it's really good. <laughs> Forrest, uh, I'm happy that you're here, and I'm happy that you get to be, well, first off, this is your first time in the actual studio yeah, ever. I've been watching this studio yeah. for like 10 years, and like it's freaking crazy. To it see. is pretty wild. Very strange. It is a pretty wild, and it's a different experience. I'm really excited for today's show, but looking forward to it for a while, and I hope you guys are too, and if you want to participate in today's show, you can, because it is a call-in show, so uh, we are live right now, and we have open lines, so if you want to talk to us, the number to that is going to be on the screen below. It's 512-991-9242, or you can call from your computer at tiny.cc slash call TH. Uh, we were having some lovely conversations about how there's taste buds in the anus before... <laughs> 
this program because, folks, Forrest is a science freak, okay? Yeah. He gets freaky for science, and he will he will tell you facts whether you want to know them or not. My so, goal is to, like, make you, like, question the reality that you weren't sure you wanted to be a part of in the first place. Exactly. So that's, that's what science is and, about. Gosh, you make me question some things, Forrest. You make <laughs> me question a lot of things. Um, but uh, we want to question what you guys think about possibly what you believe and why. Maybe you have a God belief. Maybe you have another kind of belief. Or maybe you want to know what we think about stuff. Again, that's a good reason to to call in. Real quickly, I just want to tell you guys about some ways you can support Talk Heathen and the ACA. One of the ways is through Patreon. You can go to Patreon. It's a tiny.cc slash Patreon TH. Um, and of course, if you're one of our top five patrons, you will be able to get a shout out on today's show. Uh, if you like the video and subscribe to the channel, enable those notifications and comment below uh, and tell us who your favorite caller is. Look, I know you guys want to say me, but please give some love to Forrest today. Okay? He really needs it. He needs that ego boost. It's true. I'm I'm a sad man. Um, but any, anytime you engage with the channel like that, it just helps the channel grow and helps our numbers. If you're watching on YouTube, that's a great way to do it. Another way is becoming a channel member. If you click the join button below the video, you'll get custom chat emotes and help perpetuate the mission of Talk Heathen and the Atheist Community of Austin. And last but not least, if you go to the live chat, you'll see that we have a fundraiser. 100% of the proceeds for that fundraiser goes directly to the ACA. YouTube does not take any money. So if you're not a big fan of YouTube, that's a great way to give us money without giving uh, YouTube any money. So just something to think about. Forrest, you ready for today's program? Yeah, man. I'm ready to start it whenever you are. All righty. Well, let's get right into it. We have a call already. So let's talk to Tom, who is calling from Michigan. Tom, you're live on Talk Heathen today. What is happening? Uh, not a whole lot. There's a little snow here, but it's a pretty nice day. Well, that's good. That's good. What do you want to talk to us about today, Tom? Um, the movie, The Big Lebowski, and then The Religion of Dudism. Okay, yeah. So I've seen Big Lebowski. Have you seen Big Lebowski? I've seen The Big Lebowski. It's been many years. So, you know, what specifically about dudism did you want to talk about? Because, you know, like, you're not going to say, like, it's real, right? You're, like, you're not going to say, like, it's... I mean, like, if you're an emphatic believer in the tenets, I suppose that means it's real. But, like, it doesn't make any claims like a god or anything, right? No. Yeah. Okay. okay. I was going to have to be refreshed on dude. Yeah. I didn't want to have to have this whole... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So go ahead, Tom. Tell us, tell us what you want to say. Well, in order to call in, I had to identify as a theist. Okay. Yeah. But the people who study religion will say there's monotheism, there's polytheism, there's deism. Um, sure. So I was, it's a lot of, I don't care. But when I talk to atheists, they want me to give a definition of the God that I believe in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you believe in? Um, in a strict definition, I would say I'm a deist. Okay. That's God fine. does exist, but he's not involved in my life. All right. What's your reason for that? Um, <laughs> over the years, people have asked me to prove a miracle or demonstrate a miracle, and I can't do that. Okay. So I've come up with, I mean, I've watched the movie, The Big Lebowski, and I've learned to just sit back and chill. That these definitions and proving things in the long run, it doesn't matter. Okay, so is that what you mean by dudism? You just mean that, like, you don't really need a reason to believe in the thing, just kind of let your belief be a belief? Correct. Okay, so what would you say would be the difference between yourself and someone like Forrest and I who don't actually have a God belief? I think it's a, a lot about relaxing and not trying to prove something. Sure. And I also think it's a difference between an organized religion where there's a building and... I don't want to say scripture, but but a written down on paper set of rules. 
Okay. And a worldview where it's just kind of an attitude or a philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I mean, like, you can, I feel like you can have those kinds of attitudes and not be a deist, though, right? So, yeah. like, there's, you know, all, all strains of Buddhism, yeah, for example, much. that don't have any kind of God belief, but still have practices and tenets to a philosophy. Uh, Taoism is, is similar in that regard. Um, Confucianism is often argued as a religion uh, and doesn't have any strict adherence to any gods. So, like, you know, I, I guess what I'm getting at is, why call yourself a deist at that point? In other words, what's the difference between just living your life how you feel like is most optimal versus believing that a God exists, right? Because I feel like those two things are pretty separate. So in, in very broad terms, I agree with you. Okay. You said uh, Taoism. Yeah, or Taoism. And, and I don't know from a classroom the difference between Dudism and Taoism. So, so I think we're playing a word game at that point. Well, he's, I think, I don't, but, I don't know the difference um, either off the top of my head, but like, I think the whole point is like, there's lots of like secular philosophies out there that, that equate to like, you could use the word like yeah. worldview or belief systems or whatever like that, that don't involve a God. So just like, why, why bother yourself with adding the God claim in there? Right. Cause you did describe yourself as a deist, well, right? Yeah. So, well, in order to call in, I had to choose between atheist and theist. Right, right, yeah, but you, you just explained that, like, you're, you're actually a way God exists. Yeah, but you, you do think God exists, though, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, so that's, that's, that's what we're interested in. Yeah. We, we When we do that, the call screeners do that, it's just for our sake, because in general, we do, like, take... Sure. Uh, precedence for theist callers, right? We want theist callers to call in. So that's just for our identification for our sake. It doesn't have to necessarily describe your philosophy um, in the most accurate terms, right? So like, you know, what, what we're interested yeah. in is you say that a God exists and we just want to know why. Like, I understand you have a, a, a relaxed philosophy that seems very agreeable to us, but that really doesn't have anything to do with whether or not a God exists, right? Or at least you haven't demonstrated that to to me to 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 see that connection. I will I will just just to be a, a nitpicky. Yeah. It seems agreeable to Dan. I I have a lot of problems with it. Okay, like, well, I don't want to get into that yet. I just I just mean to... like the chill vibe. It's the vibe that I'm okay. The vibe with. is fine. The vibe is the fine. vibes are impeccable. Yeah, but not, like I don't. That, I wouldn't make my th philosophical thesis statement. You know, yeah, based just, on just Judaism. chill. Yeah, like, but like, you know. no, anyway. that's, I have I have several questions for later. Right. Like, but that's right what now. we're interested in, Tom. Like you say, a God exists. Why should we believe a God exists? Well. So by definition, God exists, but God's not involved. Okay. How do you mean and by I definition? try and make that distinction when someone says, well, do a miracle, and, and I can't do that. Right, but what do you mean by definition God exists? Yeah. So I still, for my worldview, I want God to exist. Why? It's a hopeful, wishful kind of, it makes, because it makes me happy. Okay. Uh, sure. But like that, why, why is that? I don't understand. If I say like, I would like it, for there to be a tooth fairy because yeah. I'm going to lose a tooth soon and I'd like some extra spending money. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. If that, I said, I, I can't then say by definition, the tooth fairy does exist right. because that sounds nice to me. Or if I said, I want to be married to Selena Gomez, that, you know, that may be a wish that I have, but that doesn't mean that I'm actually married to right, her. Right. Right. It's Which like a, isn't an actual desire I have, but it would be funny. Right. <laughs> I'll so make sure to tell her you're no longer interested. Yeah, yeah, please do. Because Go ahead, Tom. Well, you want me to explain a personal belief. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And what I'm trying to say is God is not personal. Okay. Oh. Well, I can describe things that are impersonal too, though. Like Jupiter is not personal to me, but I can describe that yeah. it exists, you know. So sure. why, why does sure. God evade description? Because you have a belief in him. You have a reason for believing in him. So we're just, we're just interested in why. Okay. 
So all of these answers are in inside my head, not written down on paper. Yes, that's what we're asking the you. Paper that, that I don't have is isn't inside the building. Okay. Right. That's why we're asking you. We're not reading a piece of paper or anything. We're asking you what's inside your head. Why do you conform to this belief? Well, I'm, because it's easier to just go around being happy and not going to a building on a certain day and opening to a certain page. Right. I, I, I dig that. Yeah. Like, really, I, I'm not trying to overcomplicate and I'm really not trying to back you into a corner. Like right. What I really want to understand is like you keep saying this makes you happy and you keep saying that it's just easier and that that's simple and this is really the biggest issue I have. Is, is would would you use this same line of thinking, the same format that you're giving us right now, that you're justifying your belief in God? Would you use that same line of thinking for literally anything else in the entire world? You know, Dan just talked about the planet Jupiter. Never mind the fact that you can go outside and look the telescope and look at it. If I asked you if Jupiter existed, or if you asked me, and my answer was, you know, it's just it's easier just to kind of go around with Jupiter, man. I don't have to read a science book if I just think that Jupiter exists. It makes yeah. me smile. Yeah. Is that a good enough reason to believe in that? If if I told you the exact same thing about the Easter Bunny, would you accept it then? Like, what? Why would you use that for that if you wouldn't use it for anything else? Or would you use that for anything else? Is an important question. So, if you're asking me about spirits, angels, demons, ghosts, anything, um, yeah, I'd probably use the same definition. Okay. So, but what? if it's something that's physical, like the Eiffel Tower or the Statue of Liberty, no, I wouldn't. Okay. So, like, what if we make up something? Like, what if I talk about you know the, the, something I've said before? Is like in, in in my office back at my home, uh, I've got a closet, and in that closet there's a goblin. His name is Roland, and uh, he, he he grants wishes and he eats Subway sandwiches, and he disappears every time you open the door. Is it good enough for me to say this belief makes me happy? I don't have to read a book yeah. about. It. I don't have to know anything about goblins. I just know there's a goblin and he's pretty cool. He's a good dude. And like, sometimes he doesn't grant wishes. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he grants them later and doesn't tell me. Like, it's, it's, it's whatever. Is that an okay thing for me to say? Or does that sound kind of weird? Would you accept that I said, like, yes. you think that's appropriate? No, I would, I would accept that. Why? Yeah, I think that's appropriate. Okay, so if I tell you that I believe because there's a goblin the living movie, in my closet eating Subway sandwiches, you think that I'm a sane and rational human being for these reasons? I know lots of children that have imaginary friends. It doesn't bother me. I but we know that, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but lots of children do, and then children me. tend to grow up and get out of that, right? Yeah, that's, that's the thing, Tom. We know they're imaginary friends. Like, you just so, call them so, imaginary yourself, right? We're going around in circles. I don't think, I know, well, Tom, you say that this belief makes you happy, and here's the thing, right? We we also don't go to church. We also don't avow to a scripture, and we're pretty happy, too. We don't need a God belief to do that, right? So, you know, maybe maybe that God belief does make you happy. I won't take that away from you. What I'm trying to ask is, okay, but a belief can make you happy, but it can also not be true, Right. So do you believe, when you say that you believe in God, do you no, believe absolutely. that's a true fact? Or do you just believe that because it makes you happy? Because, like, if you just believe it makes you happy, okay. I can't do anything for you. But, like, if you believe it as a fact, that that changes things, right? That does change the nature of, of what you're saying. Right. That's no longer an imaginary friend. That's a statement about reality. And yeah. that matters. So very quickly, two points. Yeah. Number one is the definition of God, whether God is personal or impersonal. But more to the point, the second point, in the movie The Big Lebowski, at the end, uh, I forget his name, but but he dies and he's cremated. And the two guys, the, the dude and his friend, they throw the ashes into the air at the ocean and the ashes fly back into the face of the dude. And he, he, he doesn't care. He doesn't have any deep philosophical moment when these ashes of a human being fly into his face. 
it's just I, I can get along. Um, and, and that's the attitude that I try to have. If you don't believe in God, fine. Um, if you want to run in circles and try and prove that God doesn't exist, the burden of proof is on you to prove God is personal and we'll just run in circles. Right. I, I guess the, the thing is, like, what, what I can't get past is that you keep explaining this philosophy of, of just like, eh, it, it is what it is. Very stoic, very kind of a, a semi-existentialist kind yeah. of nihilist, just like, eh, whatever, just it's fine, it is what it is, I'm going to live. And that all sounds lovely. I don't see the connection between that and making a statement about anything being true. And and, and the question that I asked earlier that I don't think, like, maybe maybe I didn't phrase it right, is is that would you use that for anything else? Like, my job as, as, as a, I'm a biologist and I teach biology online. So like right now, you know, when I, when I go back home to Tulsa in a couple of days, I'm going to have to go back into a lab and do testing and send samples off and get numbers and like write about what I've found and why that matters. Do you think it would be appropriate for me to write in a report? Like, yeah, you know what? I got these numbers, but it it doesn't really matter. I kind of feel like it should be this way anyway, and it should be this other thing. And like that, would that be an acceptable way for me to write a scientific report? Would that be a thing that I could then build knowledge on? Could I then go teach that to my classes and go tell a bunch of kids like, hey, you know what? I'm pretty sure there were dinosaurs, but maybe there weren't. Who cares? You know, it's just whatever. You believe what you want to believe. Is that an appropriate way to live in any other intellectual like circumstance ever, forever? Like, is, is there any other time you would use the, the philosophy that you're giving us here in terms of like truth statements? Not just whether you're happy or not, or whether you care about this or that, in terms of making a statement of something being true. Is there ever a time you would do this ever in any other circumstance? Very quickly, no. Okay, that's, that's important to there's me. There's two Why things not? going on. Why not? So there's, because there's two situations. There's one is, if I was a judge in a courtroom, no, there were, you'd have to have evidence, right. not just wishful pie-in-the-sky beliefs. Yes, right. But, but outside of work, outside of an occupation, um, when I'm on vacation at the beach, that's the whole point of relaxing is, is not to worry about those but, things, about what happens after life. No, no, but listen, you need evidence for things outside of a courtroom. Right? Like, if you want to know that your car is going to work in the morning, but, but you want to know that there's evidence that your car has worked in the past, afterlife. right? But, Tom, you use evidence for things we're every day in your life. We're in the parlor, what only we're, in the morgue. Tom, what we're pointing only out— in the morgue. Tom, what we're pointing out is that it seems like you're making an exception to a general rule that you probably use for every other aspect of your life, which yeah, is you use that's, evidence that's exactly to— exactly what I'm doing. But why? Why would yeah, you do that? Yeah, that sounds horrible to do. Because there's an exception to the rule. Why Why would there be an exception to the rule? Because not all frogs are frogs. Or, or not all animals are frogs. All what frogs the- are animals, but not all animals are frogs. Okay, but <laughs> I I don't know what to make of that. We weren't talking about frogs. All we were talking about die, I, but but I don't I don't believe in reincarnation. Okay, well, see, well, right. why you? It sounds like you're just picking and choosing. But then, what if right? I said I do what? believe in reincarnation because right. it makes me smile and hey, it does, like yeah. Would that then would that be a convincing argument for you to then decide to believe in reincarnation because it makes me happy? Because it's like why would that matter? Either something is true or it isn't. And so, like, if I'm talking about the way that I look at life, like, I have no problem with the philosophical claims that you're making. Like, I, I love my, my, my favorite schools of philosophy are, are Stoicism and cosmic nihilism and existentialism. I love that. So, so, but if I were to sit here and talk about those things yeah. with the same way that I talk about science, it would be as inappropriate as the way if I talked about science when I talk about those things. Yeah. It, it makes no difference what your personal philosophy or your views on life or anything like that are. Either something is true or it isn't. So I guess the biggest question that I have for you, Tom, is does it matter? matter to you if you believe something that's true or not 
If, if, if you believe something that isn't true, does that yeah. matter to you? See, you, you did it as a positive, and then you did it as a negative. It, it should yes, go both it's ways, it's important yeah. that things are true. I'll do it as a positive. Sure. Yes, I believe it's important that things are true and factual. Okay, cool. So then why wouldn't you apply that kind of right, critical thinking to your God claim as well? And last, last response here, because we got to move on to some other callers. Yeah, so my definition of God is that it does exist, but it doesn't interact with my life. Right. Let's do it in a scientific way. Yes, I believe there's oxygen. And yes, I believe oxygen is factually important for my breathing and living. Okay. I, I've been told there's liquid nitrogen, not liquid nitrogen, liquid methane under pressure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. But 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 it doesn't. It, it's there, but but it doesn't affect my life, so I don't care about it. Out of sight, out of mind. It would have to. It would have to impact my life on a personal level before I would care about it. Well, and God doesn't meet that threshold of impact. Right. So if I sit here and say, like, I don't believe that liquid methane exists, when we have proof that it does, but it doesn't affect me, so I don't believe that it exists. Does that matter? Yeah. So, so I'm. I'm making the distinction between it's factually there and and by distinction, it has some kind of cause and effect on my daily life. That's that's where you and I are, are well, connecting on that one point. Yes, because, Tom, the world is bigger than just you and I, and there's a lot of things that exist that don't impact my personal life. That doesn't mean that we could just maybe call it yes or no, whether they exist or not. That's, that's the thing. I want to believe true things, whether yeah. or not they directly impact me. You know, the orbit of Pluto doesn't impact Tom, me. But Tom, we really got to go because we, we've been on this call for a, a bit, and we got some other people that want to talk to us. Uh, but I do— I, it's me rambling. I apologize. No, no, it's fine. I, I do appreciate you calling in. I hope uh, we made our points clear. But yeah, like we don't just believe stuff because, sorry, it makes us happy. I mean, like everybody has those kinds of beliefs on like a smaller scale. Yeah, philosophically, sure. Like yeah. the way that I decide to handle a good or a bad situation, yeah. that's totally philosophical. But yeah. like that's, that's because that is subjective by definition. Right. There's nobody who can tell me, you know, objectively if this was a happy or a sad thing. Right. You know? and, and when we talk about that, we usually mean in how we make decision-making things yeah. in our lives. Yeah. That's different from like things existing or not. Yeah. Right? Sure. Which is like a different category of, of object. <laughs> but, um, you know, Tom, I hope we, we got our point across. Again, like the vibes... You know, you want to treat others well, and it's rad. that's cool. Yeah. Ho Hawaiian shirts every day. I'm all about that. But, like, Don't that doesn't mean that we can't just throw every reality out the window and just say, well, I just, I like this because it's cool. I, yeah. You know, I don't Something's know. true or it's not. And right. It's, it's important. So, anyway, real quickly, before we move on to some of the callers, I want to tell you guys about other ways you can support the ACA. And one of it is through Amazon. If you shop at Amazon, if you go to tiny.cc slash Amazon Smile ACA, you can designate the Atheist Community of Austin as your select the charity and Amazon will donate a portion of their profit directly to the ACA. So if you don't even feel like giving us any money, if you enjoy the free content that we put out there every week and you're still not willing to give us money, if you, you maybe shop on Amazon and maybe this is a better way to do it, which doesn't even cost any extra money to you. It doesn't add a tax or anything like that. Just a portion of what you're already paying for goes to the ACA. So something to consider. Another way you can support the ACA is going to our merch store. Our merch is at tiny.cc 
Patreon.com/slash/merch-aca. Patreon.com slash merch ACA. You can get all of your favorite t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, all the cool stuff. And of course, we do have a monthly shirt that we are doing uh, each month. And it's limited time only. After this month, it's going to go away. So check out the shirt that we have for this month and uh, and then uh, go from there. Uh, next, also, I want to talk to you about the channel that houses all of the shows of the ACA, including Talk Heathen, including Atheist Experience, Truth Wanted. We have it all in podcast form. So if you're like me and you just like to listen to stuff in an audio form, we got your back. You can go to tiny.cc slash AEN podcasts for audio versions of all of our programs. Last but not least, I want to tell you guys that you can also become a part of the Talk Heathen community on Facebook if you want to join our page. It's tiny.cc slash FBTH. I should mention this as a fan-run page run by fans for fans. If you want to talk to other people who, um, you know, like this program, uh, and probably... three of them. All three of them, yeah. Uh, Then uh, you should definitely check it out there uh, if you haven't already. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No And with that out of the way, Forrest, um, I think we should talk to our next caller. I'm excited about this one. This I was one at the monitor. Listen, yeah. it's just for you, dude. Like it, <laughs> the universe has aligned our call stay. It's a wonderful time for you. It's David who's calling in from California. David, you're live on Talk Heathen. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Going okay. How about yourself? Oh, I had you on speakerphone. Sorry about that. That's okay. I'm doing pretty good. Hey, are you ready for round three or four or whatever it is? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. What's going on with you? Oh, uh, not much. I was I was going to talk about, uh, I just wanted to participate in the Atheist Church here because I haven't really been going to church myself very much since the uh, COVID yeah. pandemic started. So this is this is my church too. Yeah, we appreciate you being you know a little bit uh, isolated. I know it sucks, but it's really important. Yeah. Well, I'm still sane. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to give you a chance. Because I'm, I, I didn't really feel like you were. Uh, well, David, let's give some uh, context. First in to, cosmology. Let's give some context to this conversation. What so specifically? I'm talk about evolution. Okay, yeah. So you right. want to talk about evolution, and I'm you not, don't believe evolution has ever happened? Period. Uh, not the way that you claim. No. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's 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 hear it then. Yeah. Why why do you not think evolution happens the way that science broadly has claimed it happened? Well, 
One is nobody's ever heard of it in history. Well, that's not, that's not true. Yeah, I've heard of evolution, and I'm in history right now. <laughs> so that's one. That's no, one no, strike, no, no. David. I don't know about past history. Right. What yeah, is, we we have writings on evolution that go back hundreds of years. Uh, uh, you know, the, even even if you just look at Darwin, Where? it was two hundred years. You know, David. Most people in human history haven't heard of computers either, but computers still definitely exist. Yeah. Right. So. So we we have okay, we have so different writings about started with Darwin. No, it, the evolution as like a science that people actually like started locking down and like really focusing on started with Darwin and, and Wallace's work. Um, but honestly, leading up to our understanding of evolution, that was another like 200 years. That's like in the late 15, early 1600s when you have like Steno who is like you know identifying tongue stones as actual fossils, and then you had like the actual this like the the understanding of what extinctions and what fossils were completely shook what our understanding of biology was. Completely changed the our understanding of the natural world. So, like, this is something that's several hundred years in the making. And since Darwin wrote, you know, on the origin of species back in the 1800s, we now have like 200 years of further, you know, research into it. A ch mountains and mountains of proof, evidence, observable experience. Like, it's a uh, probably one of the most well documented and tested theories in scientific history. Okay, so you're you're claiming that since science has been advancing, that evolution has come to our knowledge. Yeah, the same way that it would be about like quantum mechanics or any other thing. It was always there. We just learned about it, you know, relatively re a couple hundred years ago. Yeah. But as Dan pointed out, we just got computers pretty recently too. And yet the 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 idea, the possibility, electrons were already around. Right, right. We just learned how to use them in a new way. Yeah. Yeah, well, I... All the way down through my family, nobody's ever heard of any species changing or David, anything like that. That's what I'm saying. Why should you we care? No, David, David, why? Anybody ever records that. David, why should we care what your family thinks about evolution? Honestly, why? Why does that matter at because all? Because I'm related to Adam. I go all, you go all the way back to Adam, and there's no recorded history saying that evolution has ever occurred. What no you, recorded history of Adam either. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> if you're making the claim, oh, the Bible, are you saying the Bible doesn't talk about? Yeah, the Bible doesn't talk about a lot of things. That doesn't mean that they don't exist, right? Well, do you believe in history? Do I believe in history as a concept, as a social science? I mean, like, broadly speaking, yes. Sure. Things have happened. Yeah, things have happened. I, yeah, I, you, you, you believe in some history. You don't believe in biblical history. You don't believe in no, any... No, that's I, correct. I, I, I don't believe, believe basically in, all of it. No, I believe no. In, in the same way with literally everything else, which is what we were talking about in the last call as well. I believe in the things that I have evidence for. Right. So, like, if you told me that George Washington was the first president of the United States, I would believe you because we have a tremendous amount of evidence proving that. If you told me that George Washington built a rocket ship and went to Mars, I would not believe you because we do not right. have evidence for that. Did the Persian Empire invade, um, you know, the nations of, of Israel, uh, you know, several thousand years ago? Yes. And that's somewhat recorded in the Bible. Is it accurately recorded? No. But it, I mean, like that is a historical phenomenon. Yeah, you had one that happened there. Yeah, right. Sure. But had, did we all come from Adam, uh, you, for example? No, I, I yeah, don't. We have there's no, no evidence, evidence for that, that whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, you... You believe in evolution, but we don't have any proof for it. That's, we have mountains that's, and mountains. That's of like proof. believing in Santa Claus. So I'm actually a biologist, and oh. and I specialize in studying evolutionary biology and bioanthropology. That's what I do for a living. So like we have mountains and mountains of proof, and mountains and mountains of evidence for these things. I would be happy to like walk through them with you a little bit if you'd like to talk about them. I, I don't want to like just lecture you, but like oh, I'd be no, happy I, to like share some. I'm or, not. I'm not claiming to know as much. As, no, I'm not claiming to know as much as you about biology. That's, that would be ridiculous. I, I don't know as much about cosmology as cosmologists or astrophysicists, but I can still refute the Big Bang Theory. 
Okay, that's, well, that's incredible. Is, that's it, an incredible amount. In of, order to make that claim, yeah. you would need to at least know the basics of it and like be able to talk about. It. Like, I don't know anything about electrical engineering. I know zero about that. I would never want to be a part of an electrical engineering club that would have someone like me as a member. And yet, if 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 you told me that this computer here can do some incredible thing, I would be a lot more likely to believe someone who is an electrical engineer than me if I told you no, it can't because I don't know anything about it and therefore I don't think it's real. So like, I. I I'd be happy to talk to you about evolution. It, can you maybe start by defining what you think evolution is? Maybe we can start there. Well, I'm just saying, my probably the greatest proof I think against evolution is if you just look at uh, uh, the species today, right? Well, it's a finished product, right? There's, everything is complex no, now. So no, the evolution is not finished at you know, all. Biology, everything, it, everything is a completed it's not complex no. system already. It's not. What do you mean by completed? Yep. Do you mean evolution has stopped, oh. or like we're as far as we're supposed to get? Yeah. No, oh. that's yeah. not real. Evolution. No, it never started. Hold on a second. Hold on. This is my evidence. Okay, gotta let sure. me. Yeah, by all means. That's it. Okay. Okay. Like the claims of uh, coral cannot adapt to changing saline in the in the oceans or any other species. They're all protected under the Endangered Species Act because they can't adapt and they can't. They, the reason you know, why we not, have uh, species protection acts for that, David, is because they can't adapt in the time frame that global warming climate change has 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 set as a precedent for us. Okay, and that's not only true for right now; that's true in history as well. Species have died out because of global climate changes. That's why there are certain species that aren't around anymore because of rapid changes in the environment that didn't give enough time for them to adapt. So that's that's not only historical. Um, it's it's or sorry, it's not only factual. It's 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 quite historical. There's quite a precedent for that. And we can literally watch with our own eyes in yeah. several species. Yeah. No, no, no. Because you're claiming that things that uh, evolved over billions of years when the conditions were not perfect. So if they could evolve over billions of years when the conditions were not perfect, then certainly they should be able to survive now when the conditions not are within not. a so generation. What, what you and need to understand is that yeah, number one, the, like two things that are really big here is that number one, conditions were never perfect. No, nothing is ever perfect. There's no no such thing as perfect. There's always what we call selection pressure. And selection pressure, the definition is, is a, a, a differential uh, or a source of differential mortality or fertility, which is the fancy way of saying it's a thing, either living or non-living in an environment that causes certain individuals to, to not be able to survive or reproduce. So when we talk about like you know, salinity in the ocean or, or pick, pick any other thing, right? If I have, you know, this, this ocean here that has X percent salinity, and here's this species of coral that that's just fine in that. If I slowly increase that salinity over the course of generation after generation after generation of coral, then the ones that can't survive aren't going to, and they aren't going to reproduce, and they're not going to pass along the the alleles, the the ability to do that. And however, the ones that are weird, weird coral that can survive in this you know extra salty environment, they're going to have lots of babies that have their DNA that can survive in salty environments. And over the course of multiple generations, this whole population of coral is going to get better and better and better at surviving in salty environments until to the point where now you could add more salt and it would be just fine. And it the, the important thing to remember here, the, the key to this metaphor here, is that number one, individuals didn't evolve. No one coral just got better at, at eating salt. What, what it? It's the whole population over the course of several generations that evolved. And number two, as they evolved into one environment, as they gained fitness, we would say, in one environment, they lost fitness in another environment. If you were now to desalinate the water and take all that salt back out, now the super salty coral would be at a disadvantage. 
and the, and, and the graph would shift back in the other direction. So like this is something that happens over successive generations, over huge periods of time. What Dan was saying, quite rightly, is that anthropogenic climate change and things like that. You don't have any evidence. You don't have any evidence of what exactly? You don't have any evidence of long periods of time. Of long, of long periods, of, periods of, time. of time. So, so yeah, we very do. And there's a few of them, actually, that we can start with. You can go back to Steno's Law of Superpositioning, where we look at the layers of the geological strata and see that they are, in fact, stacked up. Those layers take a long time to deposit. So we can say, clearly, this thing up here is younger than this thing down here. Now we ask how young, right? E even if we didn't have anything else past that, we well, can look at the fossil record and say, all right, so there was this animal, and then we go a few meters up, and now there's a totally different thing. It's like that that right there, you don't need anything else. But if you want to talk about the actual ages, we have tremendous amount of ways to, to, to test the age of the earth. Not with you know the, the probably the best and most robust one being radiometric dating. Right. We can we can you know get almost precise down down damn near to the day, no, you know what I mean? That's fiction. That's science fiction. No, it's radiometric not. dating? That's Listen, let, well, how do you think radiometric dating works? Yeah. It's all science fiction. How do you think it works? What do you think it is? Science fiction. What is it? How does it work? <laughs> Well, let me let me finish. Wait a minute. No, no, no. We no, want you to actually respond instead of asking us another question for us to go on another three minute tangent and then you not respond to what we're saying. Because David, it doesn't sound like you're listening to us at all. Here's yep. the thing: even before radiocarbon dating existed, we knew that the Earth was over thousands of years old. Like mm -hmm. we didn't even have a development of nuclear science and able to show that one because of the uh, the principles that uh, Forrest just mentioned, but also like innumerable other ways that we can look at the age of things. Like the, that science, looking at the how old something is, goes across many different fields of study. There, there's there's tons of evidence that supports this. You saying no, there isn't, and just plugging your hands in your ears, like that's not adding anything to the conversation. No, I haven't heard you finish. engage in anything that we've brought to the table here. You haven't let me finish the point I was making. I, well, we're asking you just to, you if you're going to say that it's science fiction. Dating. Yeah, if you're going to say it's science fiction, we hope you would at least tell well, us I what will, you I'll think it is. That, but, okay, I'll cover that, but let me first finish the point I was making in the first place, and you kept talking. We'll, we'll give you a brief moment. I was talking about that the system, okay, the system has to be perfect, and that's what that's the whole idea behind of the claims behind science about the coral and about other animals that are protected species and all this other stuff, that the system has to be perfect. You're wrong. We've, we already said it doesn't That's perfection. not how that works. That's your claim. No, it's no, it not. I, am, yes. I how many study times? this claim for a living. That's you are wrong about the claim. That's not what we claim. That's not how this works. You see, so this you is what are I'm, protecting. You are protecting the coral and the endangered species. Yes, we protect endangered species. Yes, because human caused Why? intervention is destroying those species. When we talk about like dangers to biodiversity, there's an acronym <laughs> HIPPO, and that's uh, human uh, human action, human population, uh, invasive species, pollution, uh, uh, overharvesting, and, and and there's a, a no human population. The second one, habitat destruction. That's right, habitat destruction, invasive species, human population, pollution, and overharvesting. Like these are the things that destroy environments, destroy ecosystems, destroy species. We know that biodiversity strengthens ecosystems. We need biodiversity to survive because we are also animals living on this earth. We need this ecosystem to be strong. So that's why we protect in, in these different species because we want them to stick around and our activities as humans is harmful to them. That's why we do it. It has nothing to do with perfection. <laughs> there is no perfection. You're only making my point. So uh, how the planet was designed for humans. Thank, no. thank no. you for admitting that. I, I, I didn't say anything didn't even say close to that. You didn't say remotely anything near what that. What part of you what did, I just said means just that? You just did that. How? Exactly what did I say that means the planet is designed did. for humans? How? How, David? <laughs> 
So the the system, okay. Well, like for one, like the pH level of water, okay. We we can only drink a certain acidic level of water, right? So it's obviously designed for life. It's not designed. It's it's not an evolutionary process. So really quick Without question. Water being, I mean, the coral, the coral. Wait, the coral exists in set anywhere from seven point five pH to up to eight point three or something like that. So it's not like it takes billions of years. How how do you change the pH the, of the water? Oceans, the oceans all have different levels. The oceans all have. And you go anywhere from 7.5 up to 8.3. So right. to tell me that coral cannot survive in, in, a, in a minimal change is ridiculous. Right. So, so really quick, of if you change. have a, if you have a, bu- a puddle, is- if you have a puddle in the ground, like this is the old analogy that Douglas Adams came up with, right? There's a puddle in the ground. Is it make sense for the puddle to say, the ground was so perfectly designed for me to be here. Look, it's exactly the shape of me. It fits me perfectly. Or does it make more sense to say, there was a hole in the ground and the puddle formed there, right? That's that's the analogy. The no. earth is not made for us. We evolved here on the earth. Yes, the is. life that wouldn't have survived here on the earth isn't on the earth because it couldn't have survived here on the earth. The things that could survive here on the earth are here on the earth under the conditions of the earth. That just, that's no. logic. It's that, pretty that, that, obvious. It's, it's pretty obvious that, and this goes into your radiometric dating point that you want to make, that the earth is definitely older than our own sun. Okay. And, and how would no that even make sense? Any younger or older? There's no evidence that our sun is younger than any other sun. They're, they're all the same age. Except for the fact that there's a huge so, mountain sense? of evidence that we can just look at other places in the universe and clearly see that they're much older than ours. But you haven't even answered the one question that we asked you. What oh, you is can't. radiometric dating, David? Well, I told you it's science fiction. What, what is it? Well, what is the process? What are we saying it, that it, it is? It, what do we believe it. happens that allows us to tell the age I'm just asking. We're asking for a Wikipedia first paragraph summary. We're not even asking you to go into the specifics. We just want to make sure that you understand the concept. Well, well, I understand how radioaction. You know, okay, well then, how does it work? What's the, the give decay? Us, okay, just please a quick tell us. rundown. <laughs> well, supposedly there's half lives of radio. You know, the uranium two thirty eight and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so what's a supposedly half-life? there's half lives of the radi- uranium two thirty eight. That's interesting. If if yeah, you can give me just the no, basic. Well, first off, carbon carbon is not a. You're using uranium two thirty eight and assigning billions of years, but carbon you can't use. It that to date anything supposedly more than like 50,000 you know, 50, years. years or something like 50,000 yeah. years is and the end of carbon 14 dating the carbon, but the that's carbon, not the answer to the question David life what actually is younger. radiometric dating how does it work give us the basics what you can answer it in two sentences what are just the most basic fundamental what actually is the process of, of radiometric dating what are we testing for well, well, your claim is that suns exploded and formed heavy elements okay that's, we need that's you to stop talking about what we what you think we claim and we want you to answer the question if you don't understand the basic principles of how the science work how can you possibly critique it how can you possibly sit here and call up this show and talk to a biologist and say everything in your field of science is absolutely wrong when you can't even give us a single basic single sentence summary of what you're talking about honestly you won't be quiet oh we won't be quiet oh man that's amazing quiet for five whole seconds david go ahead david what is radiometric dating go (laughs) 
I just told you. No, you Abbott. didn't. It's you, a claim that stars exploded and created radio. That's not radiometric dating. Exploding isn't involved. All right, David. I, we've yes, got to let you go because yes, we have other callers that we need to talk to. I wanted to ask him to define evolution too. I just I don't think we could have done it. Like, here's the thing: we're not going to get anywhere with somebody like David because David isn't interested about what you have to say. Right. And he's not interested in what I have to say. He's interested in trying to make us look foolish. He heard somewhere on some some person told him that radiometric dating doesn't work, and he was like, I, "Those are words." And now I am also going to say those words. Right. And I'm going to call the thing so I can say as many words as possible. Right. It's, it's but, not, you haven't actually thought about what you're saying. You know what, Forrest? Yeah. My family has never said that David from California exists. I don't think he does. So I don't think David actually exists. You know what, though? Because when I heard, I know what David, David is when stars explode and 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 something else. And that yeah. means that it's not real. Right. I I agree with that. Anyway, uh, we have to move on. Uh, I have to tell you guys about some other ways you can support this program, okay? But uh, before we do that, next show after this is going to be the Nonprofits, okay, which is the flagship show of the Atheist Community of Boston. So stick around and watch that at 3 p.m. Central Time today. Uh, link to that is going to be in the description, or you can uh, check it out on this stream. And, of course, the ACA wants to know, uh, well, well, we want you to know what's going on in our community, and we have a place where you can go to to do that. It is our website. It's www.atheist-community.org, and you can learn about all of the events we got going on. If you have questions about when we're doing shows in person like this, there's going to be links to that on the calendar on the website. Um, it also tells you how you can get involved if you want to volunteer in different capacities. We have a lot of different roles that we have uh, that need to be filled, so that's one way you can look at that. And also, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you liked, what you thought was effective, and most importantly, what we could do better. So the best way to do that is if you email us. You can email us at tv at atheist-community.org and uh, just let us know. Let us know what you think. Um, but with that out of the way, we have a promo that we need to show you showing all the other stuff that we got going on at the ACA. So check it out. mean by this term alpha male the term is misappropriated from wolves having uh, an alpha male in the pack which it turns out is not true but even so people aren't wolves so it wouldn't really have science checks out yeah and they have this idea in the metaphysical market right now that if you have a piece of shungite and you put it by your computer it'll suck up all the emf waves so it doesn't affect your health <laughs> Faith is not a reliable pathway to truth, and we can f a lot of stuff up relying on faith. Oh, trust. If somebody quotes to me a Hebrews 1 11, uh, 11 1, one more time, mm -hmm. I swear Come I on. will stab myself in the right eye. We're not we're not focusing in this conversation about the politics or the emotions or the or philosophical ramifications of transgender people in sports. We're actually talking about the science. Even if you could prove it to me. I would be the first one to say you're right, and I would no longer be an atheist, but I would still be right here on the show telling everybody that that God is not worthy of worship. The God of the Bible, the God of the Quran, the God of these religions is a monster. And if he's real, I am his enemy. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to Talk Heathen, where we are going to continue to take your calls and uh, hopefully have some good conversations, but uh, you never know. But at what cost? At what cost? <laughs> Uh, my sanity, for one. Um, probably yours, too. But anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to talk to uh, our next caller. We have Mark talking to us from New York. Mark, you are live on Talk Heathen. What is going on? Hey, guys. How's it going? Going okay. Um, so I just... Uh, good, good. I just um, I just found the channel, and um, I'm very happy to, uh, to have found it. You, you seem like you have a great show and a great program here. Thank you, thank you. Um, you know, I was just typing some things into the chat, and, and some of the... Uh, some of the folks there encouraged me to call in and kind of tell my story. Great. So I decided to do that because, I, yeah. Wonderful. Um, we always so, like it when folks call in based on what the chat is suggesting to do. It. Like that. those make pretty good conversations <laughs> most yeah. of the time. No, seriously, they do. They're, yeah. they're really good. Well, audience so. interaction. Goals. We're happy no, to hear. Oh, true. Yeah. True. I love the chat. I'm a big proponent of the chat. Um, so, yeah, you know, like, so it is my first time, you know, listening to the program. So, uh, so pardon, you know, if I'm a little, if I'm somewhat of a, a novice in terms of how you guys like run the calls and things like that. But, uh, you know, what's happened in, to me is that I've sort of gone from being a believer as, you know, a young kid, uh, kind of getting doctrinated, I, I guess you would say, to turning to science. And, you know, I was, I was, uh, when I was a teenager, I read a brief history of time. My dad had the book. Yeah. And that's the book that got me into science. That. Yeah. Love that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm sure a lot of people did as well. So, uh, you know, I was just, I was really interested in cosmology and, um, you know, as I got a little bit older, I went to college and, and, and graduate school. I, I think I tended really to be more, I, I think I leaned more from agnostic to even atheist, um, at certain points. I just, um, wasn't really, I just didn't feel, um, the belief inside of me. And from, um, from sort of a knowledge level, it seemed like there were more answers, um, in science than, than anything else. And I just never really looked to religion as something that would, uh, provide sort of, um, the ultimate answers that I think I was, was seeking. Our degree, um, bro. Yeah. What a great show. All right, well, that's our time. <laughs> Wrap Thank it so up much. there. <laughs> <laughs> so what ended up actually happening, coincidentally, was when, when, when COVID happened, we started working from home. Um, I was just like on the computer a lot. I was listening to YouTube a lot. And I always liked debates. And so I just found, um, I went looking actually for debates between atheists and, and, uh, and theists, like apologists. And I was kind of trying to keep an open mind. And, you know, part of me wonders if I'm a little biased to some extent, like um, things like Pascal's wager and, and things like that. 
But, you know, I, I've tried to keep an open mind about it. And I and it, it could be just the things I've been listening to and, and you know, the um, the debates I've, I've been following. But they, it seems to me like that there is a stronger um, there's a stronger line of reason um, with on the on the theist side than there is on the atheist side. And so that's where I kind of landed. It, it, I don't really feel it in my heart. All right. But just from a logical perspective, you know, that's so, where I kind of landed. So, Mark, I want to talk about it. Yeah so, yeah, so talking about that, is it because of Pascal's wager in particular, or is it some other kind of line of reasoning that, that has convinced you of this? It's another line of reasoning. And I mentioned Pascal's wager just because that might be something that's sort of like an unconscious thing going on in the background. Sure, maybe, yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's really, yeah. Lay the logic on us. Yeah. Like, I want to hear There's this. A couple like, of, yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I, the one argument, like the cosmological argument, um, I, I find as a pretty good argument either, and I know there's sort of various forms of that but um i you know i've always liked philosophy and so that that those kinds of arguments appeal to me so, somewhat and just sort of this argument that where does being come from and it seems to me that the atheist doesn't really have an explanation so just just so we're clear on the same page here um cosmological arguments yeah. is the idea that there's like order to the universe right yeah exactly I we mean, just double checked I just want to make sure that we're on the same page we're saying the same thing you're saying because if you mean something different we're going to be a, it's going to be a weird call yeah exactly no I'm glad I'm glad you, you, you did that because um, yeah I think because it, it, I think there's various forms of the cosmological argument yes there are I, yeah. I think Leibniz put forward yeah so you know the one there's there's sort of this ultimate one which is why is there anything at all sure mm-hmm. and the, you know, and and and, the, and then you know, the I guess the explanation is well, God is the explanation for that. Mm-hmm. Um, which it, it's not really a, to me a, a fully satisfactory answer because then you still kind of wonder like where, why, where did God come from? Right. Um, but it, to me, it's you know, it's a little bit better than having no answer at all. And mm-hmm. at least with God, it's not a material. You're not talking about something material. So and so. If you don't, go ahead. Yeah, I have some thoughts. So you you mentioned that you might have some biases in there. And the truth is we all have biases, right? Sure. And I think that's important that you point that out. And I'm I'm really glad because that means you're honest with yourself. We all want to be honest with ourselves. What you said was just right now is interesting. It's better that there's an answer than there isn't one at all. And that is a bias, right? That is a bias of human beings. We want there to be an answer to something even when we don't have all the best information to make a decision on something. Um, And I think this is a very popular case where this happens. I think a lot of people feel the same way. I think a lot of people... People are like, well, I'd rather there be something than yeah. nothing when talking about this. Now, when we talk about the cosmological argument, we're talking about ultimately an argument that relies on metaphysics. And metaphysics is outside, of course, the realm of science, yeah. right? Yeah. It, it doesn't say, it like, our investigative yeah. method, methodologies and principles are not going to be applicable to any kind of argument that's yeah. made on metaphysical grounds. So when it comes to metaphysics, Forrest and I, we're, you know, we're not the biggest fans, I would say. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, you, could, you, could, you could lump me into the non-fans it, for sure. Yeah. Because you can make any kind of argument with a metaphysical <laughs> argument. Honestly, you can you can say that it's pink unicorns that made the universe. It, I mean, like really, this idea that we have of God comes from a classical Western tradition idea of God that we kind of unconsciously put into these arguments, even though if you look at like what a baseline cosmological argument is saying, it really has nothing to do with the Christian God. It has nothing to do with any traditional concept of that God. It's talking about a being that is completely unidentifiable for any major 
major world religion. And maybe that's where you are. Maybe you're not, maybe that's what you're saying. Maybe you're not a traditional Christian. Maybe you're coming at a different place than that. But like, it really doesn't inform us anything about what we can observe in the universe. It's just, a, it's just an idea, you know? It, we might as well be saying, oh, we all come from yeah. a supercomputer or we all come from aliens, you know, like the, unless we have any hard definable way right. of talking about that in any material words or material ways, we're, we're just, we're just, we're taking ideas right. out of thin air, you know? And that's how I feel about the cosmological argument in general and most variations of it. It doesn't say much. Yeah, I would also know? put out that like, you know, the, I think you hit the nail on the head there yeah. when we were saying like, you, you can apply it to anything. It's like, that's people call the, talk to me all the time. Like, how do you know we're not in a simulation? It's the right. same thing. It's an unfalsifiable claim. Right. There's exactly. no way, but, even if I could give you proof positive that we're not in a simulation, you could then say that proof is part of the simulation too. And yeah. even if I were to wake up from the simulation, you could then say you're now in level two of the simulation. And it's the same thing with this. Anything that I could do to prove right. that there's no God, if that was possible, you could then say that too is part of the organized structure of the whatever. Yep. And like what bothers me the most about it is that yeah, I, I, I entirely hear what you're saying about like, you know, it, it, it sucks that the, we may not have an answer, but I'd rather be honest and say that I don't yeah. know. Like that's, I'm on the complete opposite side of the fence from you. I don't right. know what happened before the Big Bang because I don't think what happened before the Big Bang is even a question that makes logical sense when yeah. you understand what the Big Bang is. And so like, here's this area that like, I have no even comprehension of what right. question I'm allowed to ask within the confines of physics. I don't know what that is, but that doesn't mean I'm happy. I, I'm, it keeps me up at night. I'm, I'm, I'm itching to know. It, it kills me that I don't know. Yeah. But I'd rather just say I don't know than make something up and then have to like work with that for my whole life and then be wrong later. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of words from us. What do you think about that, Tom? What? Or Mark, sorry. So those, those are great points. Uh, no, those, those are great points. And I would have two responses. One, um, just as an initial thing, is that it somewhat seems like it leaves you with agnosticism because you're left saying, I don't know. Sure, and there's sure. not this strong affirmative case saying there is no God. Okay, so that's just one point I would just mention. Right, yeah. Point. And, and well, if, you, if you really want to, we can get into yes. the, the, the meaning of that word and whether you're in, like, it's a qualifier or a separate thing. Right. Many of us yeah. use the terminology agnostic right. atheist to philosophical put a fine point on our positions. Yeah. Um, so that's that's also a thing, which is confusing for people. Fair enough. It is frustrating. Yeah. So okay. like, yeah. If you want to get real um, pedantic, we'd yeah. love to, no. yeah. but we don't have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But your second point, go ahead, Mark. <laughs> okay. All right. So the second point on the metaphysical argument and sort of the value of that, see, w the way I look at it is you ultimately have to, at some point, rely on metaphysics or something beyond science because you cannot prove science or logic using science or logic. That's just circular. I disagree. So you're sort of, if, if you're taking, well, I, I, okay. So I would like, so can you then explain how you could prove a logical statement without relying on logic? Right. Well, the, the whole point of science and logic is that it, it's something that gets you out of your own way. It, it, it stops you from allowing your biases to interfere with your reasoning. That's that's the whole point of the scientific method. That's the whole point of logical and critical thinking. Like, that's what they're for. And so, like, those things have a sure. history, a demonstrable history of giving us factual information and of teaching us things that we wouldn't have ad, had access to otherwise. You know what I mean? So, like, if you look at... You take, pick, pick, I, no, so, I, agree, I agree with that. I, yeah, so, like, that's the... If, if, if I wouldn't say that I, it's I'm circular to then say, like... I can use, you know, the scientific method to fact check my own science and make sure that I'm on the right track here uh, because that's not circular. That's just using the same okay, method. Let, let me, um, let, 
Let, let me draw an analogy. Penrose, uh, Roger Penrose, mm. um, wrote. I think it was called the em- the Emperor's New Clothes or something like that. Mm. The Emperor um, has no clothes. He, he, he yeah. has this theory of consciousness. The Emperor has no clothes, right? Yeah. He has this theory of consciousness with uh, Stuart Hameroff, right? And he bases it on um, the on Gödel's incompleteness theorem, right? Right, which shows that for any system of arithmetic, right, there's going to be truth statements that can not be demonstrated using that system. Yeah, yeah. So, and right. what Penrose does is basically, you, right? So he kind of uses that as a model to say consciousness isn't computational, right? Because it involves understanding, and yeah. there's something deeper going on with understanding. Yes. And so that's the analogy I'm trying to make when we're bringing it back to the can you prove science through science? That's sort of the point I'm trying to make is you need to step outside of the system sometimes to see whether the system is true or not. So, and when you look at a even the word science. God. Oh yeah. So Mark, what what you bring to the table is something that I have encountered quite frequently, actually, probably pretty recently. It, it, and and I would I would identify this argumentation as a class of theism that is trying to put consciousness as the center of sort of your epistemology, right? So you know we can talk about Godel's incompleteness theorem and stuff and get really hard in the paint about epistemic ideas. But for those who aren't aware, it's just this idea that mathematics itself. Logical systems in itself can't prove itself, right? That that seems to be the conclusion that um, exactly. th- that these things make, right? So let's say that that's true. Let's say that Gödel's in- incompleteness theorem talks about this and talks about all these systems as being incomplete. That doesn't take away the value of these systems in their ability to predict phenomenon and the ability to uh, demonstrate, you know, phenomenon happening uh, w- w- within a certain way, right? So so even though these systems may not be perfect and they may not sure. be able to prove themselves, we really don't have any other method. So to go to 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 go and say, well, we have to base it on consciousness, uh, consciousness. It has to be something supernatural. That in and itself is not an explanation. It doesn't close the gap of Godel's incompleteness theorem. I think this is the problem that I see when I see uh, Christians make this point. There, there are some thoughtful Christians who have really thought about this and think that this somehow demonstrates the truthiness or the 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 you know sort of basis, the baseline strata of consciousness or the baseline strata of a god being the place where we find all knowledge or that we find all logic or that we find all understanding. Um, but it's not. It's it's kind of just like another idea in a stew of ideas. You know what I mean? Like you you still have to make the positive claim yeah. that this is the basis. This is where we get it from. And I've and I've I've yet to see that from people who argue from your line of position. Perhaps you do have the answer, but I I, I don't see that. Does that make sense? Well, I know it's a little well, complicated. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yes, it does. I, and the way you just formulated it, I I agree with what you just said. Okay. Um, I was coming at it, and because I'm not making that strong of a case, yeah. I was just coming at it more from defending the value of metaphysics. Yeah. Um, and, and just in terms of because even the word meta, you know, metaphysics, it's like it's trying to stepping outside of physics and to I, I don't think I would go as far as you postulated it earlier where kind of it seems to me like you're almost saying look this is a metaphysical argument doesn't really add much to the equation and when I you know if you look at the word science it used to just mean knowledge yes and um, you know it's now kind of evolved into this uh, materialistic methodology where I think it's much more narrow yeah and it's limiting if you know if you're, if you're only going to look at purely science and, and sort of this modern way that we use the term um, information for knowledge. Yes, um, I think you're somewhat limiting yourself. In some ways, I would agree so with I'm you, just, but I'm almost like trying to make the argument that. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Mark, but you know, I, I only because we have to we, we no, no. kind of have to wrap up this call in a bit here. But um, 
I think where I get into the disagreement yeah. with folks who, who go down this route of the metaphysics route is when we talk about consciousness, I understand consciousness as being a material physical phenomenon, right? And so if I understand it as a physical material right. phenomenon, then science does actually give us a basis and science can give us kind of a central understanding for a lot of things that we talk about within consciousness. I think there's evidence of this. I could talk about this, um, but I, I, I do make that claim. Um, now, of course, there's a lot of people who practice metaphysics who, who disagree with that and say consciousness is something else and is outside of itself and therefore can right. be used as a baseline. I disagree right. with that. I don't know if we have time to go into it, to be honest with you, Mark. But there is, I mean, I, I, there are folks like me who do think like I do. Um, who, who, and, and that's and that's what I would say. And my response you, with that to be, would, go ahead, what's that? Are you, are you and, and, and allow me to challenge you on this if, if you may, do you think you're, you're coming to that conclusion? Are you somewhat putting the cart before the horse? Or are you arriving at that conclusion because you're an atheist or agnostic and that is what... I think a Christian can understand that your consciousness is completely based on material phenomena. For example, if I hit Forrest over the head with a hammer and I give him permanent brain injury, right. your consciousness is going to be affected. Yeah. No, I, no. I will fundamentally change as a person. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And yeah. what I've done is I've changed the physical characteristics of, of Forrest. In other words, the material phenomenon that's producing his consciousness has been fundamentally altered. And therefore, there is there has to be a physical basis of consciousness. Now, there are some people that will say, well, the soul exists outside mm -hmm. of the body. Oh, and yeah. the soul is like, a, you know, you're like a, you're like a radio right. transmitter. You're right. just right. receiving that. Right. But there's no evidence of that. Yeah. There is no evidence of that. There's been no, um, you know, ways to demonstrate how that could be true. Again, it's just another idea. And that's the problem is that it's unfalsifiable. Yeah. We go back yeah. into this realm of not being able to show one way or another, which idea could be true or not true. Does that yeah. make sense, Mark? Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And you're right. There's no evidence of that. And, and I would say just like if an Aborigine found a radio and he started listening to it, he would have no evidence that there's electromagnetic waves and there's a tower somewhere, you know, and it might take him a long time to figure that out. And the mm -hmm. interim always uses the radio, like you said, with, you know, with that analogy. Yeah. So it works, it kind of cuts both ways. I mean, we also have no evidence of how, we have no model. They're not even, even in the stratosphere of explaining how consciousness could be epiphenomenal. Well, yeah. So it's just a lot of hand waving going on. Right. And they don't, you know, they don't have a, a model to do that. So right. I think it cuts both ways and we're, you know. We're, and I can clone an animal. I can without, clone, even we can clone it. human beings right. and they're going to have a consciousness. So either we just, you know, I mean, yeah. that really just yeah. kind of breaks down this idea of where we're getting that consciousness from. It seems to be a material phenomenon. That yeah. seems to be it. But I'm sorry, Mark, we are running out of time for this call. We're already going really over. I really have to, I have to cut you off now, but I really appreciate what you brought to the discussion. Cool, I think this man. Was really great. I really appreciate it. Awesome. I hope you call in again. I hope you keep watching. Great job. Uh, I'll try to call in again. Thanks cool. so much, Mark. You notice the difference in conversation between Mark was super nice. I wanted Tom. to get into it a little bit. Yeah. I know we don't have time, but I do. I wanted to touch on it. If Mark, if you're still listening, like, there's there's one thing that I think is really important, and that's just like the concept of naturalism, yeah, and and, and also uniformitarianism. Just these are the the you know you could call them I guess the presuppositions of science. It's the idea that like there is a natural explanation right. because everything has had a natural explanation, right? And ev the same processes that work here, the same laws of physics here, the same laws of physics everywhere else. So like with those ideas in mind, the the very concept of metaphysics kind of sucks because you're then yeah. saying like everything is this way except for this special thing, and then like we've said a million times. I don't want to be dead exactly. for the body. Then you it, can apply that to absolutely anything, and you, you're you're lost. Absolutely, yeah. It is conversations like this, though, that I do think atheists should engage in because absolutely. I think people really make the mistake, like they really fall short yeah. on what Mark is saying here, because it is very nuanced. It is it very is. different. It's not.
not as easy as yeah. just like, oh, there's no reason to think that blah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, there's, it, there's something to talk about. There is something to talk about that's much deeper. Um, yeah. And bef- we have some other folks that we want to talk to today, so we are going to be keep the show going. But before we do that, I have to tell you guys about the next time that we are doing a show in studio. Okay, of course, all of our shows are live, but only a certain number of them get to be in studio like this one. The next one that we're going to be doing is December uh, 16th for Truth Wanted and then December 18th for Talk Heathen and Atheist Experience. So consider joining us in the studio, in the audience at the ACA Free the Library for the live broadcasts uh, of, of those. Uh, and uh, also for, uh, sorry, for, for Secular Sexuality too, I forgot to mention that. Secular Sexuality will be on that Thursday. Um, doors open for at 6 p.m. on Thursday and Friday and noon on Sunday. Uh, and parking is where you can find a legal spot. And of course, a lot of people ask us about this too. It's completely free to come in here. There is absolutely no cost for you to come. Um, so we would love it if you guys can fill up our seats and join us in the audience. That said, if you guys out there want to give us money, we're not going to stop true. you. Like we're, we're not going to stop Dan and I specifically, not the organization, hey, I'm just, just us. That's just us, baby. That's that's private private transactions. So um, if you can make it there, that'd be great. Uh, if not, I mean, we're going to do a show anyway, so you can yeah, watch cool. it. Um, we'll <laughs> yeah. um, for any other information regarding that, or if you have questions, go to our website, atheist-community.org for news on that as it happens. And now I think it's time we do our top five patrons. Oh my God. Announcement, you ready for this? Yeah, I'm super ready. I've never uh, done this before. Of course, so, you want to do it? I'll do one of them. Yeah, okay. We got the top five patrons. Why don't you start there at uh, number one there for oh, us? I want a number two. Damn. All right, oh, okay. Fine. Yeah, yeah. So number one is Eric Tweet. Eric Tweet, you are the number one spot on the Patreons. Thank you so much for being there. Thank you so much. Number two is going to be Dingleberry Jackson. It is a fun name to say. I, I know name. why you want to have number well two. Well done for your name, Dingleberry Jackson. Thank number, you so much. You want number three for I'll this? take number three. Uh, uh, number three is the bearded skeptic of TikTok. Woo! Nice plug. Well done. We got that TikTok representation love here that. today. Love that. As a TikToker as well, you know, <laughs> it's the happened. brotherhood. It's the, the family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, next one, number four, we got Daver Valjin. Thank you so much, Daver, for... For for giving us giving giving uh, the ACA yeah uh, money for Patreon at number five it looks like uh, IMA is that how it pronounce that A Y A M E IMA IMA A A M E I don't know I wish we had pronunciation guides they should force it might just be Amy with like a little extra lilt in there you know like A M E Patreon should force you to give a pronunciation guide write it out phonetically even if it's just like John like it needs to have it I I I advocate for that whatever your name is we're glad you're here yes thank you for paying so much money for me to butcher your name. That's what we're here for. <laughs> oh my God! The service uh, we have to provide. Right, right, and uh, of course, our honorable mention today is going to go to uh, Vivin Murray. Vivin. Vivin. Yeah, it says Vivin. Vivin Murray. Thank you so much, Vivin, for uh, for donating, and thank you, of course, to everybody that donates on the Patreon. You guys are awesome, and you help make this show happen. So, as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah. We're moving on. We're going to another caller here. Um, let's talk to, I think, Yasir. Please correct us if, uh, if we're pronouncing. If, if you too have have your butcher, right. your name butchered by the ACA. Yes, so you're calling from India. Um, what's going on? Hi, you too. So Hello. Thank you for accepting my call. Of course. Did I get your name right? Forrest, yes. I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you so much. Yasir. Yasir. Okay, okay. great. Yasir, how's it going? Yes, it's great. Like I said, I'm from India. It's around 2 a.m. here, so I'm trying my best not to be too loud. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Thanks for staying up late for us, man. Yes. So, so what do you want to talk to us about today? So, yes, so fortunately, we have a biologist with us today. So I want to discuss a bit about speciation. So yeah, well, I learned a bit about this in school, and after that, uh, I just heard about this in YouTube, mm-hmm. again, with forest videos. Yeah, so do you have a particular question about it, or just like in general? Christian schools, mostly in general, because like like I was saying in school, I studied in a Christian school, so when the topic of evolution came up, there was the teacher was like, you can just study it on your own, I'm gonna, not going to talk about it because I'm not believing in it. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think would happen if you t- tell a bunch of 15-year-olds you can study this on your own? Right, exactly. <laughs> I always I love it whenever I, I if you talk to a science teacher at one of these schools that you know uh, tries to avoid the topic of evolution or they try to uh, they say oh I I gave it a fair shake you know I taught it whatever just ask them to define it or ask a simple question about it and see if they can handle it you know what I mean generally speaking it's like you know that that guy that called in earlier Tom very adamantly against it has no idea what it is yeah yeah for sure so mostly I just went into it using my own studies like my own online research and stuff and. Yes, so I am a fossil collector. I used to collect fossils since I was young, but I didn't know what it actually was until I saw Jurassic Park. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Just now I'm yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know where you want us to make this call specifically. Was there like, you know, was there a general topic you want to talk about? Maybe an experience you had? Well, you was asking about speciation. Is there a particular yeah. question you have about speciation, or is it just like like trying to understand the concept as a whole? Yeah, so, uh, so it's kind of like a, a tiny question, but we can discuss it further if we have time. So, yeah, it's about speciation. So, like I said, I was studying about this online, and I came up with the topic like the dogs evolving into. I mean, the gray wolves that evolve into dogs and cubs evolving into goldfish and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's a simple thing, like one species to another. That's very easy to look at and we can do it on our own. And we have been making use of it for millions of years. And that's okay. That's easily understandable, like and all the stuff. So, but I, like I said, I'm a fossil collector. And recently I got a bunch of fossils that show that human evolution stuff. So yeah. I want to talk a little bit about that. Like how can one family change to another? Like yeah. okay. appreciation, it's like one species to another. That's a bit understandable. But one family to another, I have a... So, like, so you're talking about like grass. big, big changes, oh, like not just one species, but like actually like one kind of animal to another kind of like that kind of thing, right? Yeah, like a 
like a best example with the fossils I have is like a fish to a tiktaalik. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So what's really important to remember about this is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start with the concept of species. I know that's not what you're asking, but it's important to kind of get the, the, the gist is that like, it's important to remember that a species isn't a real thing. Yep. It's just a label that we made up that we Social put on construct. Stuff. It's, it's, right. It's just a thing that we use to define stuff. And, and there is no single set definition of what a species actually is. If you ask somebody, generally speaking, you know, if you, if you talk about the concept of species in, 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 you know, everyday terms or in a, a middle school science class, they might say something like, if two organisms can't reproduce to produce fertile offspring, then those are two different species. And that's what's called the biological species concept. But if you listen there, that's it's not the biological species law or theory or rule. It's just a concept. And there's lots of other species concepts as well, because that concept of what a species is has a million exceptions. And it doesn't actually work when we're in the, in the day-to-day when we're trying to like draw a line on what a species is. It's not usually very very functional in, in, in our everyday life. And so there's an ecological species concept, which is all about the places, the niches that, that organisms inhabit in, a, in, a, in an ecosystem. There's a, a phylogenetic species concept, which is all about their relationships to each other. And there's several different subdivisions of the, 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 the phylogenetic species concept that all depend on how you group things together, right? Um, and so when we talk now about you know, families, about, about uh, higher classifications from species, it's also important to remember that those lines are also pretty arbitrary. If you want to have fun, look up the definition of a fish. And you'd think that it's just like, here's five things that make you a fish. But that's not, because fish is a very, it's what we call a, para, a, a polyphyletic group. It's this huge, weird, it, it's like a, it's a, a generally poikilothermic uh, aquatic uh, animal that is sometimes covered in scales. And when not, is this other thing. And it tends to have these kinds of fins, but if it has fins and something. Yeah. And like, so there's this big, weird, you know, and so like with some species or some with some groups, it's pretty easy to draw a line, Especially with a really big and really small groups, it's pretty easy to draw like it's these the, these five things. But when you talk about something like you know a fish to Tiktaalik, for example, um, what's important to remember is that Tiktaalik was still a fish. Um, Tiktaalik was a Sarcopterygian fish, which means he had great big uh, uh, lobe fins with thick wrist and hand muscles that allowed him to push himself along. And then you go the next step up, pick one like Ichthyostega, which was a proper tetrapod living on the land. By classification terms, because of this cool thing called nested hierarchies, um, we could say that Ichthyostega was still technically a fish as well. It just had these other qualifications that now also made it this other thing. And so we're just going to call it a tetrapod. And you can go all the way down to, you know, from that amphibians to reptiles to, to, to the very first mammals, you know, the mammals evolved 220 million years ago. So like you can now draw this line and say, okay, so now these things are, they're, they're, they're generally warm blooded. Not all mammals have been, but like generally speaking, they are, and they have fur and they lactate and they have a, a, a post anal tail and they have a, you know, a, a, a notochord. So we're going to, okay, so here we've got these things that now we're going to call mammals, but technically though, technically they're fish too. And it's just this, these new qualifications now that we're going to add on there. And so this is actually a fun thing you can do if you want to blow somebody's mind when learning taxonomy for the first time, piss off people like Tom that called in a little while ago, is that if you actually arrange these properly because of these things, is what we call these, these nested phylogenies, these hierarchical ways that we, we arrange uh, our, our family trees, you could absolutely call every land animal that isn't a, an insect a fish, and it would be right. Uh, it's the same way that you can call birds reptiles. Um, so yeah, 
yeah, that that's that's the best answer I can give you. It's just to remember that these taxa, yeah, so these, these groups are are they're just our labels for looking at life as it is now, looking at the fossil record, and we say, okay, it has these qualifications. We're going to lump it in this way, and those qualifications, those things that made them that, we can track their their evolutionary history, and a lot of them evolved independently several times. So we can kind of make these little boxes, and not a single one of those boxes is a simple cut and dry thing. That was me talking for a long time. Yes, here does that answer your question, or is that what you're at, or did I completely blow it and you had a totally different thing to ask about? No, I get that. So mostly when I I try to explain stuff to my family members, I just say like our hands and legs are just higher forms of fins, the yeah. evolved forms of fins. That's how I explain it to my family members. Yeah. It, it's hard because like a lot of times we, when we talk about things like higher forms, like we mean really complex, you know, animals and plants and things that are really, really interesting and intricate. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it sounds like we're talking about things that are more important or more evolved or something like that. And that that's nonsense. It's, it's why I hate the phrase like the Big Bang, because the Big Bang sounds like there was an explosion and then planets came out. And that's, that's nonsense. What I thought. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's meaningless. But so it's the same thing. We talk about things like higher formed or complex life forms, <laughs> things like that it sounds like i'm more evolved than a bacteria and that's just not the case you know what i mean yeah it's just a different classification yeah. it's it, they have different qualifiers than i have and 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 if i met xyz qualification then yeah. i would fit them and if they had xyz qualification they'd fit me you know what i mean that's one of the most annoying things when people are like oh we're more evolved than other species yeah when, people, when anybody says that it's like okay you have not read enough it doesn't make sense like it's like that's not how evolution everything works. that is currently alive is as evolved yeah. everybody should know and like that's just, so yeah that that's that thing it's it's that these these groupings that we do when we classify life when we do taxonomy and phylogenetics and we classify things uh it, it it all boils down to like trying our best to lump things in together and that doesn't always work there's a reason why you know the word uh, pachyderm isn't used anymore we used to have the, the 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 group called pachyderms which was like elephants and hippopotamuses and things like that and the word pachyderm literally means thick skinned and so we're like okay so here's all these giant land animals that have this really thick weird skin and they do this and the and it turns out like as we actually dig into it that you know uh, hippopotamuses are more closely related to blue whales than they are to elephants it doesn't actually work that way and so now we classify elephants as a new thing which we call proboscideans which means you know proboscis they got that big long trunk and so we have that going on and and, and uh, you know uh, 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 hippopotamuses are definitely artiodactyls which means hippopotamuses are yeah, you know so pretty closely related to like deer and that's pretty cool so like it doesn't it isn't always as easy as it is the first time but it's just that was one group that we drew up and it turns out we were wrong and so we changed the group it doesn't yeah. mean that they changed we just changed the, de the definition and it's the same thing with any kind of speciation it's just they now fit the new definition of the new thing so we're going to call it that it doesn't mean the boxes actually exist yep yep that a lot of words a lot of words from forth yeah sorry i'm just spewing <laughs> like just, go ahead it's okay so i've been watching most of your videos and every time i look at the video so one thing i haven't practiced that i that i pride myself on is that Whenever I hear something, I just don't believe it. I just go and research on it as much as possible to get to know like what what he's talking about or what what it's coming from and all yeah. that stuff. So, like I said, I'm pretty close to what what is he saying. I I understand about ninety percent of what he said, except the complex terms that well, you start, yeah, understand everything. Good thing is this show is recorded, so you can go back and you can make lecture notes yeah. and you can ask Professor, uh, you know, Falkai <laughs> if if you have any other questions and. and I'm sure he'll answer them in future yeah, shows. No, it's, right? it's and I appreciate you. Like, don't don't ever like anything that I say. Don't ever just take it for granted. Right. Absolutely, keep checking. I've been wrong before. I've been wrong on this show before. I've I've said something that was that was stupid, and then I had to go back and, and correct myself the next time I was 
well. And so like, yeah, I, that's always the best way to do it. Question absolutely everything, especially me. 100%. Anything else you got on that? Nope. Mm, not much. I got my answer. Awesome. answer. So just awesome. a, a personal thing. So is there any resources or books, anything that you can suggest for me to uh, learn more about this? Anything? Any good books about this? Um, I mean, if you want to learn just about like the history of life in general and like how we, we group things now and where those things came from, uh, there's a book called The Ancestor's Tale, which was by Richard Dawkins, I think. Um, and it's a thick bitch of a book and it's awesome. And it'll go into everything about like how, how these, these different traits and different groups and everything were they came from um and that's radical um as far as actually just learning about like like uh what we would do like cladistics or systematics like when we you know break things down uh that's something you i don't i can't come up with a book off the top of my head that just would be interesting for anybody but like um that's something that, that you can absolutely research more very easily online but i would recommend the answers to tale if you want to get into like just learning what groups are and where they came from and why they are the way they are that's a pretty cool one yeah and i don't have any good books i think uh forrest probably gave you enough book reading for that hey, that, um, that book will take you a while to get through it's 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 intense right uh, well with that out of the way i think uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up this call then thanks so much for giving a call in i i don't get to talk to people from india just here was super nice i know a nice dude isn't that cool yeah. i think you you need to put on a lab coat for us yeah no that but way people will believe me yeah forrest valkai the science guy what do you think valkai the science guy. valkai the science guy it, 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 it rhymes it works see bill nye i don't think he can own the, the science, science guy. guy. Yeah, I no. think anybody can be the science. He must be a science guy. Yeah, he's a science guy. Bill Nye, be... a science guy. <laughs> he's just a science guy, guys. We'll call him after this and tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, you can uh, you can work with that. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. Oh, but... no, I'd, I'd be into it. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> he, seems like a, he seems like the kind of guy who wants to share. <laughs> I the... think he'd be cool with it. Oh, no, he seems nice. Sure. If as long as you were, like, educating the public. Yeah, you yeah, know? absolutely. I'll get a bow tie. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, not, that might infringe on his personal brand a bit. Yeah, exactly. You know? A copyright infringement. Maybe you need a, 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 I'm a tall, tie. skinny white guy with a bow tie. <laughs> yeah. Can't be two of us in the universe. <laughs> right, right. If we touch, it'll annihilate. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, with that, I think we need to start wrapping up today's show real quickly. Uh, I want to give, of course, a thank you to Forrest yeah, for, thank you for being having me here. Uh, Forrest, where can people find you at outside of the uh, show? You can and find me. Just go to ValkyLabs.com and you can see uh, all of my socials there. Find me on them YouTubes and the TikToks. Uh, I've got a new series called The Light of Evolution, which is all about how evolutionary biology works. And if you're uh, uh, interested in speciation and all that stuff, or if you're Tom uh, and you want to know about uh, how evolution works, episode three comes out right oh, now. I'm setting it to public in this very moment. Oh, shit. Tom, he's doing a special release just so, for you. So, Tom, go watch this and learn a thing or two about speciation and how and how the evidence for evolution is. That is a mic drop I've never seen. Somebody dropping a YouTube video right now and be like, hey, listen, I prepared. There's a 37-minute video that I just set to live <laughs> that you can learn about uh, genes and generations is what this one's called. Damn, dude. That's a, I don't know what, man, that's a flex. That's a flex. <laughs> I, I got to say. That's episode three. There's an hour of other content for you to learn about. Well, that's really awesome. I don't have any content I'm putting out right now, but you can find me on Twitter at ObjectivelyDan as long as Twitter still exists. It may not be a thing by next week, but, right. you know, we'll see. Um, and, of course, this is uh, Talk Keith, and this is the Atheist Beat of Awesome. We do this live show every Sunday, so if you missed out this time, come call in next time. Or better yet, come see us in person when we do have those episodes. Real quick, just a, a few things. Please like, please subscribe, please comment, please engage with us. That not only helps the YouTube algorithm, but, of course, we want to get your feedback on all this stuff. 
Tell you your can, grandma so she can talk to her bridge club about it. Yes. Get everybody else in on it. Have your grandma call in to yes. the show. We'd love to talk to your grandma. We're pro-grandma. Have her send cookies to the Free Thought Library. Ooh, We'd love to have them. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, so make sure you stick around because we're going to put on the nonprofits pretty soon after this. Um, of course, I need to give a special thank you to the wonderful, fantastic, amazing, stupendous crew that help make this show happen. They are all of those things. Week. Look at them. Look at that. We got some in studio today, some working remotely. That one there is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, we got that one. There's my favorite. That's brief. Um, yeah, so so uh, there's a lot of people that help make this thing happen. So if you're interested in being a volunteer in any capacity, check out our website and see if we have any opportunities for you. Um, and, of course, this is Talk Heathen, which means we get to do the love rings for us. You want to do, send out some love rings? I genuinely don't know what that is, Dan. Tell me well, Okay, well, so, so you know, at the end of the show here, we're, we're just going to wave our hands in the air like okay. this, and we're just going to send out some love rings in the world. There we go. Oh, you see that? Yeah, you see that? Back. It's magic, dude. You tell me that magic isn't real Science and then this happens can't right there? explain shit. It doesn't shit. work. I, what the I, fuck? I renounce my faith in Darwinism. I'm going back, dude. <laughs> Those are the rings. <laughs> love rings, man. The love rings are for everybody who watches the show and everybody um, who uh, you know engages with us. We love everybody that that wants to talk to us. They whether just keep going, they, they just keep stop. going, dude. <laughs> it's God's infinite love spreading <laughs> across everybody who watches. But whether that's or not, bullshit. It's our infinite love. You're right. Spreading it's our infinite it. love. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, but whether or not you believe, if you are an essential worker, we want to thank you. If you don't believe, this is your community. Hmm? If you do believe, we don't hate you. Yeah. We're just not convinced. See you later, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. We want the truth, so watch Truth Wanted live Friday at 7 p.m. Central. Visit tiny.cc slash YTTW and call into the show at 512-991-9242 or connect to the show online at tiny.cc slash call TW. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.